I often will repeat myself a little bit, so if, you, if for those who haven't actually read it, um, I was struck this week, you know, I just, I don't know even how I, I started thinking about it, but the names of God that we often will um, either hear or use during prayer or, or we have during worship time. You know, we, we talk about Jehovah Jireh, you know, our provider, or, or um, Yeshua, Yeshua HaMashiach. Yeah, uh, we, we talk about um, uh, Jehovah Rapha, our healer. We talk about uh, Jehovah uh, Sikenu, who is our righteous, righteousness. And I thought, you know what? All of those have something to do with us. It's like, wait a second. Just to, you know, we, we use them as the name of God, and, and it is. But in essence, it has a lot to do with us as well. Yeah, I think about you know, Abraham. Remember Abraham when he's up on the mountain with, with Isaac and God has told Abraham, go and sacrifice your kid. You know, the promised son that I gave you that you had to wait 100 years for, right? Go and go, go and kill him. And so he goes up and he's about to, to bring the knife down on his son and the angel says, wait! And he looks over and there's a, a ram caught in the thicket. And it's, it's, it's Yahweh Yireh. God will provide. On the mountain, God will provide. Right? But it's, it's how God provided for Abraham. Right? And so a lot of the names that we, of God that we use have something to do with us. It's how he interacts with us or how he uses a special revelation to us. In, in, in a point of our need... He will come in and meet that need, right? Like he did with Abraham. Or, uh, you know, we, we are at a point in, of our need in our, maybe it, it's sickness. And he is our Yahweh Rapha to us. He is our healer, right? God doesn't need to be healed. He's not his own healer, right? He's God. He doesn't need, he doesn't need a healing, but we do. So in the next, you know, several weeks, we're going to go through some of these names of God. And there's some names that are just talking about Him, but a lot of them refer to us in some way or another. So I want to go through some of those. Um, and this morning we're going to um, go through the Lord, our righteousness. And we'll, um, I should have gotten a slide because I'm not sure I can spell that. But first of all, I want to, there's, there's a name here that I just want to put up. Um, so the, the, the name of, of God in the Old Testament is the holy name, the unique name of God uh, is H-W-H, okay? Uh, and I'm, I'm going to do just a couple minutes of teaching here uh, because I, I want us to kind of be on the same page. Um, Y-H-W-H, it's um, those four letters in... In the Hebrew, they didn't have vowel marks. You know, we have vowels for every letter, for every word, rather. Um, in, the, in the Hebrew, they didn't have vowel points until like 1000 AD. They just had to learn what the, the words said without the vowels. So um, this was the unique name of God that they did not pronounce. They would not say it. In fact, when they wrote the scripture, my understanding is, um, they, they would be riding along, you know, um, for, you know, in the passage, and they'd get to, to this word here, and they'd leave a blank, right? So they'd, they'd be going through, sorry, guys. Um, they'd, be, they'd be going through, you know, a, a book, 
and then they'd leave it blank, and then they'd come again, and they'd leave it blank, and they'd come again and leave it blank, and then so they'd come the next day after they had bathed and, and gotten a new quill and a new ink, and then they'd come in and fill in the, the name of God everywhere because it was holy, holy. And so what they did even here, so that you would not accidentally pronounce it, and we, we guess at how it's pronounced, all right? Most scholars think it's probably pronounced Yahweh. Okay, that's the guess. But what they did um, when they came in with the vowel points is they took another name of God, Adonai. Adonai. And they put the vowel points in for that. So you have Y or J. And that's, that's how the English, how we got with Jehovah out of that, is we took the, the misplaced vowel points from Adonai, because they didn't want you to pronounce this, so they put in another, another words, vowel points. When you're reading along in, along in Hebrew, you get to this, and you go, Ya Adonai, because you don't want to say Yahweh, because it's too holy. All right? So we, uh, uh, English folks, came along and went, oh, it's, it's pronounced Jehovah. And we, used, we went ahead and used their misplaced vowel points to get Jehovah. So Jehovah uh, or Yahweh basically mean the exact same thing. You're still taking the, the, the Y-H-W-H, Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh, okay, um, to do um, Jehovah, Yahweh. That sort of makes sense? Did I do okay with that? It's kind of, kind of your in, introduction to Hebrew here this morning. Um, also, one thing that you will, you will find, and we're going to see this uh, this morning. Um, so when you, you know, a lot of people have shortened names, right? Um, anybody short, you know, get their name shortened? I know the girls, they, they all have nicknames for each other. Um, uh, Care, K, Kai, right? No. But oftentimes God's name is shortened in the Old Testament to just Yah. Okay? Alright? You see this a lot with names. We have we just had it this morning. Um Yeshua or Yahshua, rather. Okay, so God is our salvation. Yahshua, God is our salvation. It oftentimes is tacked on to a name. Okay, and it's, it's so it's the God who hears. It's the God. God is our salvation. So we'll we'll see that in just a moment. All right. So we're going to look at. Um, uh, let's let me just read this. Let's read this passage. I'm sorry, I didn't give you the, the verse, did I? Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah 33. We're going to look at the Lord our righteousness. The Lord our righteousness. It's it's Yahweh Tzikenu. Yahweh Tzikenu. I really should have spelled that out in English. I can... Yahweh Tzikenu. 
Oh, great. You can tell me how to spell it real quickly. Yahweh is spelled yep. Y-A-H. Okay, so let's do Yahweh, and then Sikenu is T-S. Q. Yep. Q. N. U. Q. T. N. U. Thank you. Zikenu. It means the Lord our righteousness. It, it happened. It occurs two places in Scripture. Both of those are in Jeremiah. We'll we'll take a look at both of those here in just a moment. This is the second one. Uh, okay, so Jeremiah 33, verse four, let's start in verse 14. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good word which I have spoken concerning the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time I will cause a righteous branch of David to spring forth. Who, who is that righteous branch? Thank you. Uh, so Jesus is the righteous branch. In fact, I, I've heard people who are, who are Christians refer to themselves, um, uh, to, to Jewish people, because the Jewish people know this branch, so they will refer to themselves as members of the branch, uh, of, of the Nitzri. I'm, I'm, of, I'm of the Nitzri. I'm of the branch. Uh, so I'm a follower of the branch. Um, I will cause a righteous branch of David to spring forth, and he shall execute justice and righteousness on the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will tell—I'm sorry—will dwell in safety. And this is the name by which she will be called: "The Lord is our righteousness." For thus says the Lord: David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel, and the Levitical priest shall never lack a man before me to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings and to prepare sacrifices continually. So I'm gonna, there's, there's, three, <clears throat> pardon me, there's three points that I think I'm going to end up using throughout these names. So the points themselves are not really, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the, the points themselves are, are not really anything, but it's, it's ways to look at this because I want us to see um, some different things as we look at the names of God. Uh, so, number one, um, when you look at what these names of God, you're looking at something that God alone possesses. Um, it's something that only God has. Okay? Something that God alone possesses. So, when, when we look at the Lord is our righteousness, the Lord our righteousness. It, it's not something, now we, we know that, that we have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? So I'm, I'm talking um, uh, B.C. for all of us, okay? But we in ourselves do not have righteousness. And in fact, you know, though as good as we can be, we can never attain to the righteousness of God. I, I thought of a passage um, uh, and if you want to go there, you can. You probably know the passage, but Isaiah 6. If I can get over there. Remember, this is when Isaiah, they, they, people call this the call of Isaiah. Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up. Uh, it said, Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, two he flew. And one called out to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
The foundations of the thresholds trembled at the, vo at, at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. And Isaiah says, Woe is me, for I am ruined. I'm going to die, is what he says. Okay? I, I'm going to die because I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell, I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So he gets a view, this glimpse of the holiness of God. And all of a sudden, he recognizes how much sin he has and how much sin his people have. And he says, I'm going to die. And that's the, the difference. You know, we, we are so... We, we live in a place of, of sin. I'm not saying that we are all sinners. What I'm saying is it, we, our culture, just where we live, you know, it, it's like you know, fish that live in salt water. A lot, most of them you throw them in fresh water and it doesn't work very well. You know, um, Somebody told me just uh, the other day, if, if we were to take absolutely pure water and drink it, it would kill us. Because it would suck all of the minerals out of, of us into the pure water. And it's kind of like that with God. God is so pure and so holy that if we get in his presence, our little bit of sin would kill us. Because we recognize how holy he is. And I, kinda, I think about um, Ruth and I met on a, uh, a backpacking trip and cross-country skiing and, and uh, on one of the trips that we took because um, we were up in we were up in the mountains up in southern Colorado and um, it was all white I mean and we know what it's like you know fresh fallen snow in New England it's just pure white and one of the guys that was was with us on the trip didn't have sunglasses and he got snow blindness because it's so pure it's so white and the, the sunlight just um, you know bounces off of it and it's radiant and it will it will cause your eyes to swell up because it's so bright and i think about that with the holiness of god god is so holy and so pure that if we get into his presence the the sin that we have before christ people okay because we have been, we have we're going to talk about that in a minute but we can't stand in the presence of God. It doesn't matter how good you are. There is no way that the, the goodness that we have can ever stand in the presence of the holiness of God. Got it? So it's something that God has that we don't have. The absolute purity and holiness of the Lord. Now, having said that, you know, the, uh, the other part of that is you don't have it. It's something that God has and that you don't have. You don't have. Let me give a little bit of background of this passage here. Okay, Jeremiah is prophesying during the time that Babylon is coming and surrounding Jerusalem. In fact, this is, this is about at the end. Okay, there's been several deportations. Remember, Daniel was in one of the first deportations. He went to Babylon. Uh, but, but Jeremiah has been prophesying to Jerusalem and prophesying to the king and saying, look, guys, what God wants you to do, just surrender. 
surrender, go out to, the, to, to, to Babylon, go out to Nebuchadnezzar and, and surrender. And they, yes, they'll take you off, but you're going to live. Otherwise, you're going to die. You will absolutely die and fall apart. The, the, they will come in and they'll destroy all of Jerusalem. They'll destroy the temple. And they keep telling Jeremiah, no, 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 God's going to deliver us. Now, having said that, they're lying and they're in the temple and they're, they're worshiping other gods. You can see that all through Jeremiah and all through Ezekiel, where they're saying, look, they're not worshiping me. And God's waving his hand going, would you please listen? And they, they don't. In fact, uh, Zedekiah is, is the king there that uh, Jeremiah is, is, keeps telling these things to. Now, Zedekiah, you might uh, recognize here. So it's, um, it's basically this here. Zedekiah, yeah. And what do we say Yah was? God. So you've got this terrible king of Israel who is named the Lord our righteousness. And so you've got Jeremiah who plays on this and says, no, you're really not. God is going to make himself God our righteousness. And then he comes back and he uses the um, Yahweh is uh, Sikenu. God, Yahweh is our righteousness. God is our righteousness. Because they had a king who was not righteous. In fact, the king during the, the siege ends up, um, it's, it's coming down right at the end. Babylon is about to invade. And the king and his, his group, his, his close relatives and noblemen, they, uh, they escape through the wall and take off. And Babylon, uh, the Babylonians catch them. Nebuchadnezzar, um, they, they catch them. They kill Zedekiah's sons in front of him, kill the nobles in front of him, and then they, um, they gouge out his eyes and take him to, to Babylon where he, where he dies. And that was actually prophesied um, even before that ever happened. And, you know, God just... Zedekiah was not a good king. Um, he, he protected Jeremiah a bit, but he would, not, he would never listen. So this is a play on his name. Um, uh, flip over to uh, uh, just a couple chapters to Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23. This is the other passage where um, the Lord our righteousness, uh, Yahweh Tzikainu, is used. Okay, so 20, 23 verse 5. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. Hear that? See that again? And he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. The Lord, our righteousness. Now, look at look at back at, at chapter thirty-three. Okay, where we just were. Um, verse sixteen: In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell in safety. And this is the name which she will be called. Who who is who's the she there? 
Jerusalem. This is the name which she will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Do you see that? Just a few chapters before, it is the branch, Jesus, the one that only God is sending. By the way, this, this I believe, I'm sure the Jews have a way around it, but this is showing that the only, that God is the branch. This son of David must be God himself. The branch is going to come, and then they use the name of God. They use Yahweh. They say, this branch is going to come. He is going to be Yahweh, the righteous God. But it's not just going to be him. He is going to give that righteousness to Jerusalem. Which we just learned about in the last couple weeks, right? He's going to give that to his bride. He's going to give that to his people. That we will be known as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Lord our righteousness. You see that? Um, so it's, it's, it's something that he has and he has alone but that he wants to share with us. It's something that he has and something that he possesses alone that he wants to share with us. So this is given by God as a special revelation to us. Now, what is what does that look like? What does that look like? Now, hopefully, I've established that you know it, it's something that only God has. We are not holy. We we do not have the holiness of God, right? Just it's just not not there because since Adam sinned, we're doomed. <laughs> Sorry, you know that God is pure white and we're not, right? He is absolutely pure and. It's something that we need. It's something that we don't have within us. There's no way that we can get it. Absolutely nothing in us. It doesn't matter how much we work. It doesn't no matter how many good things we do. It doesn't matter if, if, we, if we sell all of our possessions, we give them all to the poor, and we go into the poorest country in the whole world, and we just work till, till our fingers are, are, are bleeding trying to help those who are less fortunate. It doesn't matter. There's no way that we can ever get the righteousness and get the holiness of God. We can't get there. But God wants to give what he has to us. And what it takes is that special revelation like I started out with with Abraham He's up on the mountain and he gets the special revelation. Yahweh Yireh, Jehovah Jireh. God is my provider and God provided. He provided physically, literally, a ram to, for the sacrifice. Right now we're talking about something we're not going to see as much, but hopefully we will feel. 
and it comes by special revelation. And what I mean by that, let me ex explain that a little bit. Oftentimes, we know in our hearts that we have sin. And even after we are, um, even after we're born again, we can, we can, let's face it, we can feel dirty in front of the Lord. Okay? We can, we can mess up and we can go, oh, you know, a lot of times it's conviction and we can say, okay, Lord, I need to come to you and I need to repent. I need to give this over to you. I need to tell you that I, I blew it. Right? We can come before him. Sometimes it's, it's guilt. Because let me tell you what, okay, the Holy Spirit brings conviction, but he doesn't bring guilt. All right, let me say that again. There's a difference between conviction and guilt. The Holy Spirit is trying to woo you and say, okay, yes, you've messed up, but come to God. The devil tries to say, no, you've messed up and you can't come. And that's the difference. All right? It's a condemnation. Good word. Thank you. Okay? It's, it's guilt. It's saying, you, have, you, you are bad and there's no way you can come to a holy God. Okay? That's the devil trying to keep you. The Holy Spirit's saying, come on. Come on. Yeah, you've messed up. But if you come, just, just ask the Lord to forgive you. You're good. It's okay. He, he, will, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all of, you, all of your mess-ups. Just come. Just come. All right? There's, and there's the difference between the conviction and, and the guilt. So you, we have to recognize that, you know, yes, the Holy Spirit will convict us, and yes, we need to repent, and yes, we, yes, there are times that we mess up, and we need to get ourselves right with the Lord. But the devil is also, he's going to try to play on those mess-ups and try to keep you from coming. And that's where the Lord, our righteousness, steps in. And that's where that special revelation needs to come. That we in ourselves need to realize that he has that in him and he wants to give it to us. Now we have to make a choice. Okay? We can, we can, we can keep ourselves away. God wants you to come, but you can say, no, no thanks, I'm, I'm just going to stand on the outside. And oftentimes our sin will do that to us. It's that guilt from the enemy, right? That makes you stand on the outside, but when, where that special revelation comes is to realize that he has given that to us to receive. That all the sin that you've had, and I, I'm going to tell you, theologically, I can't put exact words to this. Okay? I just know this is how it is. Every sin that you've ever committed, every sin that you ever will commit, every mess up, every time that you drop something on your toe and you've screamed something that you really shouldn't, all right? Every time that you have, have had, a, had a fight with somebody that, that you love, whatever it is, every time, okay, all of those sins have already been nailed to the cross. And every time you ever will, and every time anybody else ever will, they've already been nailed to the cross. And when you've said yes to Jesus, and I'm assuming you've had, you've had that experience where you've said, Lord, I, I want to give you all of my sin. This is a crazy concept. 
I want to give you all of my sin. Will you please give me all of your righteousness? What's, what's even crazier is he said yes. <laughs> Lord, I want to give you all of my sin, all of my mess, all of my junk. Will you give me all of your goodness? It's like saying, I have this rotten penny. I'll give you this, this rotten penny for your uh, Ferrari. Okay? And they go, oh, yeah, can I have that penny, please? Okay? Come on, let's think about it. Jesus has everything in the world, all the goodness, all the righteousness, all the glory, and you say, I'm going to give you absolutely nothing. I want to give you everything that's bad. And he says, okay, let's do it. Right? But that's where the Lord, our righteousness, comes in. And we have to remind ourselves that he has become sin for us so that he can give the righteousness to us. He wants to give that to us. He already has. He's already given us his righteousness. Now, I'm also going to tell you, like I said, this is the part that theologically, I can't really explain it well. He's already taken all of our sin, but when we still we still mess up, right? And we still need to repent, even though, you know, it legally we have we've all, legally we have already been made the righteousness of God. We still need to make sure that relationship is in good shape. Okay. All right. It's it's kind of like um, it's kind of like when when you get married and you have a you have a little spat with your spouse. You don't get unmarried, and then you have to get married again every time. Every time you make up, right? You're still you're still there, okay? Right? You just have to make sure that relationship's still good, right? So it's with, with same with the Lord. You know, you're still you're still His righteousness, but you just need to make sure that relationship is still good. When you mess up, go to Him and say, "Lord, I've I've messed up. Can I come in? Yeah, please come right on in." So the right the the Lord our righteousness. It's that special revelation. Now, some of us, and everybody's had different things in their lives. Some of us have, have lived lives that have been really, really, um, you know, let me say, they've been positive. You've had a good upbringing. You've had lots of good things. Maybe, maybe you came to know the Lord at a really young age, and you've understood this concept to a huge extent. And, and you, you're like, I, I've, I've, I've lived my life just knowing and understanding the Lord, and I don't have a whole bunch of baggage. But some of us, there's baggage back there in our lives that we have to get over. We have to, to and, and that baggage a lot of times will hold us back from coming into the fullness of what God wants us to have. Now, I, I know people that um, they... Well, they've done some bad stuff, right? They, they've, um, you know, broken the law, you know, or been in gunfights, or you know, been uh, addicts, or you, you name it. Okay, um, and when they come to know the Lord, a lot of times those things that they will they will have in their head, I can never attain to this place in the Lord because of this bad stuff I've done. Even if they believe that they can have a relationship with Jesus, 
a lot of times the bad stuff will keep them from going all the way. Because they think, you know what? I can never be fully used of God because I did X, Y, and Z before Christ. Or even after Christ. I can never be fully used because when I was a kid, I, 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 I broke the law and I was put into juvie for a while. Because I can't ever be used. I can never be fully used of God because I had this bad relationship. I can never be fully used because I was abused as a kid. I can never be fully used because at some point in my life, I had something really bad that I was either a part of or I did or it happened to me. And here's where the great exchange is and where we need to learn this Yahweh Sikenu. The Lord is our righteousness. I want you to think about yourself and see yourself as that holiness, that purity of God that Isaiah saw and said, Oh, you're so holy, I'm dead. Okay, that's what Isaiah basically said. You're so holy, I am dead. And all of a sudden, now what you should see, is because you have said yes to Jesus, you are that holy. Because you have said yes to Jesus, all the goodness of God, he has imparted to you. That's a hard concept. I'm going to tell you, this is why I said it's a special revelation, because... In our minds, we can't comprehend that. It's hard. Let me tell you. It, it, it's just you, you, because there's so much in our past that holds us back. And I don't care what kind of past you have. There's so much that says there is no way. But you need to keep asking the Lord, let me be your righteousness. Show me what that is. Um, look at Second Corinthians. Because I want, I want you to see that I'm not just... Uh, I'm not just up here making something up, okay? And please, look, be like the Bereans and and check things, all right? If I say something, make sure it make sure it all adds up. And if it if it do, if if it doesn't, let's let's get things, let's let's look, okay? Second um, Corinthians five, and it's the last verse, verse twenty one. Second Corinthians five twenty one. He that's God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Is that what I was just saying? I hope that's what I was just saying, because that's what I was trying to say. He, God made Jesus sin on our behalf so that he can give to us Jesus' righteousness. And that is an absolutely amazing exchange. The Lord our righteousness. Now, what I'd like to encourage you to do is this. Just like what I, I said last week, you know, seek the, the, the revelation of Jesus, the revelation of Jesus and the revelation of, of who we are in him. 
if there are things in your life that are holding you back, and I'm talking about there are there are past sins, past uh, addictions, past um, things that it, it could be things that not even that you did, but that you that had you had done to you. Okay, because a lot of people that that get abused, they feel terrible, and and they they take a lot of that guilt on themselves from the abuse. Okay, so it may not even be something that you've done. Maybe something that's been done to you or something that you've been in. If that is, is you, I want you to seek that revelation of Yahweh Sikana. The Lord is our righteousness. Because I can tell this to you. I can, I can tell it to you. I can say, look, this is, who, this is what it is. But unless you get it in your heart, unless you get, get that way down where you, you, you know in your knower, that I am the righteousness of God, and because of that, I can walk right into the throne room of God. I can walk in. I, I don't have to be like Isaiah. That, that I'm, you, look, you look at God, you say, woe is me, I'm, I'm a dead man. And God had one of the uh, angels take, take the coal and touch his lips and say, you're okay. Right? We can walk into the throne room of God because he's already made us the righteousness of God. But if you don't get that, it will hold you back. It'll hold you back. And what I'm trying to, and I'm, I, I, I wish I could just, I wish I could give you something where you just automatically go, oh yeah, I'm good now. But I think more than anything, it takes that revelation from the Lord Himself into your heart, where you, where He comes and, and just like with with Abraham, He says, here it is. You say, oh there, now I've got it. If you have something in your life that is holding you back, that that there's a sin or something that you you maybe you have physically said, or maybe it's just a sense in your heart that you've said, I can't ever be that good. I can't ever attain to that. I can never I can never pray that much. I can never I can never be all that, that God would have me to be because I've been into this before. I want you to seek the Lord our righteousness and ask him to reveal himself to you as the Lord our righteousness. As Jehovah Jehovah Sikanu, Yahweh Sikanu, Sikanu. Okay? Let me let me tell, let me show you how to how to do that. And then it's up to it's between you and him. Alright? If you just just pray and ask and say, Lord, I know your word says that you are the Lord our righteousness. That you are my righteousness. Your, your word says in, in, in 2 Corinthians that you have taken all of my sin upon you and to, to give us, make us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Would you please show me who you are as the Lord my righteousness? Would you please reveal that to me? What I am to be your righteousness? And then listen. Spend time meditating on it. Spend time looking at, the, at, at this word and saying, okay, if I am his righteousness, what does that make me? Look up holiness in, in the scripture and, and look up at what, is, what does it look like for God to be holy and that, that we have become the holy ones. That's what, that's what saints means. Saints is, saint, uh, ho- is, is actually the holy ones, the set-apart ones. Okay? Meditate on those things. 
And I, I tell you, if you will do that, it may not be, it may not be right away. It might not be you get, you, you ask the Lord one minute and, and the next minute he shows you. It might be. It might be that he will, he'll have you meditate on some stuff in scripture and out of the scripture he'll open up some stuff to you. Or it might be that you're just sitting by yourself and all of a sudden this, this, this feeling will come in inside. I've, I've been in, in times where I've just been crying out to the Lord and I've, I'm going to tell you, that I've, I'll, I'll, I don't know about you, but every once in a while I'll be upset at the Lord. Okay? Anybody else ever be upset at God or something? Can I be honest here? And all of a sudden, the peace of God, whoosh! Now let me tell you, I went from being upset to just going, huh, I'm okay. I mean, I felt like smiling. I'm going, oh, thank you, Lord. I'm going to just start praising instead of, instead of getting upset and, and, and telling God, you know, I don't understand this and you can just, you know, just, Forget the whole thing, Lord. You know, come on, let's be honest. All right, and all of a sudden the peace of God comes, and you're like, hey, God really is, he is good. Let me just praise him for a second. But that's the revelation of God that I'm talking about. You get to a point, and he will reveal himself as that for you. Because he wants you to live in it. He wants you to walk in it. He wants you to walk into his throne room. He wants you to be as close to him as you as you can be, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And if the, the devil can hold you back, he'll hold you back. God's given you the righteousness. He's already done it. But up here and up here, you've got you to get past that so that you can walk in with your spirit. Okay? So if you need that today, um, I'm going to pray in just a second. And I want you to just... Uh, um, I, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I'm going to, I'm going to pray. If, if that's you, just acknowledge that to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want that prayer to be for me. Okay? And I'm going to pray over you. Um, and then it's going to be up to you. And I'm just going to ask if you will, if you'll seek after him. I believe with all my heart that the Lord is faithful. That if you seek after him and say, Lord, I need that righteousness. I need a revelation of that. I believe he's going to reveal it to you. Okay? Don't quit, though. Don't you dare quit. Once you start doing it, just keep on until you get there. It might, it may be a day. It might be thirty days. But you press in. I, I really believe that he will reveal that to you. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to go to a whole new place. Amen. Amen. So let's let's pray together. And I'm, I'm again. If, if that is in your heart, if there's something within you say, I, that I need that. I need to, that revelation of his righteousness. Just tell the Lord right now. Say, Lord, I want this prayer to be for me. And I, I need it, Lord. Let it be for me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone that's here that needs a revelation of Yahweh Sikenu. The revelation of the Lord, our righteousness. Lord, I pray that uh, you will reveal yourself to them in a way that only you can. Whether that is 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 uh, showing them how you were there every time that they um, needed you, or showing them something in your words, or just a powerful encounter with you. 
Lord, I pray that each person who needs that revelation of your righteousness, your holiness, your, your greatness, Lord, that you will reveal yourself to them. And that you will reveal to them who they are as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The righteousness of God. Lord, we need to walk in. We need to walk in that all the time. So Lord, reveal yourself that way. I call upon the name of Yahweh Tzikainu to come and to reveal yourself to each person here as our righteousness. Lord, I pray for all those past hurts that you'll heal those in, in, in that moment. Heal those past hurts. The past sins, the past um, habits, the past addictions, the past relationships, the past... Uh, Lord, all those things that, that are holding everyone back and making us feel like we're unworthy. I pray for your healing. And I bind every evil assignment, especially every guilt and condemnation. I bind you from every person that is connected to our church and everyone who is listening today. I bind you now in the name of Jesus and command you to shut your mouth and have no influence over any person that is trying to, to understand and, and to, to, be, uh, to, to um, have that revelation of the knowledge of, of that they are the righteousness of God. You are bound now and you are silenced, you foul spirits. And I release the anointing and I release the presence of the Holy Spirit to come. The covering of the Lord Jesus. And Lord, with that covering, I know comes protection, comes peace. We were talking about different languages. It's the shalom of God. So I release the shalom of God to be about every person connected to this church. The covering of your peace, the covering of your protection, the covering of your provision. That we would walk in the fullness of of everything that you'd have for us. I wreck a hedge of fire to be about each person about this building. That no harm, no danger, nothing can come against us. No sickness, no disease. In Jesus' name. Amen.